Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Ephesians. If you have a Bible with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and follow along while I read, beginning in verse 11. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in the ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility." And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. In this section, Paul is continuing his discussion of God's plan and how he is setting things right in Jesus. He had let us know in the last section that we looked at that even though Jesus was king, there were those who did not honor him as king or obey him as their king. And here he makes the point that there have always been people who refused to do good or refused to do what God wanted them to. But God has always wanted people to live out their purposes. So God had gone to one group of people, a people that came to be known as Israel. He chose them to begin his interaction with mankind, and in return, Israel chose God. If you look at Exodus chapter 19, beginning in verse 4, it says, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. God tells the people of Israel, you've been chosen for a purpose. There are things that I want you to do for me. I want to be able to work through you. Are you willing to allow that? Will you obey my voice? 
Certainly Israel as a nation responds in the affirmative. They follow Moses through the wilderness and enter the promised land. But during their time of wandering and allowing God to set them up as a nation, Israel seems to have lost sight of their purpose. See, while God had begun his interaction with mankind through one race of people, it was always his intention of bringing all people into his family. Israel would just be the first of those, and they would be this beacon of light and hope that would draw other nations to God. And so God had Jeremiah prophesy to Israel that changes were coming. In Jeremiah chapter 31, beginning in verse 31, it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of the Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. God says in this passage that because the people had broken the covenant, he would establish a covenant that would allow all people to come to him. And so now, while at one time God was working through Israel's religious leaders, now in the time of Jesus, he was having to work in spite of them. And the temple and the law that God had given his people that set them apart from others had become a barrier to people accessing God rather than a beacon. The way people treated their inheritance kept people from understanding how great God was and that he wanted a relationship with them. So Paul tells us that in Christ, God fixes all of this. He creates a different way for Gentiles to access God. Rather than coming to God through Israel, they will now be able to access God through Christ and his spirit. This shouldn't have surprised anyone in their time or in ours, because Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, that God works in all things to bring about good. So even though there were a group of people who had stopped allowing God to work through them, he was able to work in spite of them. He was able to bring about his purposes, even though Israel wasn't a willing participant. And in bringing Christ to earth and allowing him to live the life he did and fulfill the ministry that he had and experience the death, burial, and resurrection that he did, God is making us one family that has one story and one purpose and one house. It is Jesus who brings us together, the Jew and the Gentile, the people God had originally started working with, and all of the other people that he had hoped to affect through them. All of this is happening in Christ now. The story of Israel is the Gentile story. It's what brings them together because Christ 
is the thing that ties it up and makes it one and gives it its singular purpose and brings us into one household. So now Paul says, we all have access to God's temple and we can all come to God's temple. But the temple of God is not a place where we go to worship objects that were made with hands. We don't go and worship created things. The temple of God is made up of living stones and is a place where we dwell with the creator. So as we see God's plan working itself out, Christ coming and tying up all the loose ends and setting things right, tearing down the things that separated Jews and Gentiles so that all would have access to God, we can learn from the beginning of the story. We can learn from our history so that we don't make the same mistakes. We can ask ourselves in our time, are we a barrier or a beacon? Are we getting in the way of people coming to Christ and knowing God through Christ? Or are we a beacon of light and hope that draws them nearer to Christ and helps them experience the love and mercy of God? We see in our history times when people have gotten in God's way. He still manages to accomplish his purposes. But are we working with him or against him? Or maybe better said, is God working through us or in spite of us? When Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14, he said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's what we're called to, to be this light, to be this beacon, to draw the nations to God. There's a word of warning from Jesus in Luke chapter 17. For those who don't take that seriously and actually become a stumbling block or lead others into temptation rather than into salvation. He says, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea then he should cause one of these little ones to sin. God is at work. He's going to accomplish his purposes. His story will end the way he intends it to. Will we be a part of that happy ending, or will we miss out on it altogether? Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. 